and welcome to the After Sunday Discussion. This is a podcast of the E43 Collective where myself, Cody Haggard, and my co-host, Josh Fauzi, talk about any and everything on our mind. This is basically how we debrief after making a Raking Coals episode, and I am so excited to be talking on this episode of After Sunday Discussion because we are going to be talking about the brand new year of 2020. We're going to be talking about a big movie from 2019 being Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and any and everything in between that comes across our minds. But before we get going, I'm Cody Haggard and with me as always is the one and only Josh Fauzi. Hello. Josh, how are you doing today? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to to those of you listening and Merry Christmas. Yes, yes. Christmas is in a couple days. Happy Hanukkah. Um, for for well, anyone so, celebrating Hanukkah. <laughs> so if you grew up in an Orthodox community, um, Christmas is actually in three days. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, yes. Merry Christmas. So I'm excited because I think I'm going to be able to get chocolate that day. It'll be Ooh, great. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway. So how was how do you how do you eat around Christmas time? Are you a family that goes all out with the food? Are you guys a little bit more just regular? I know for us this year, I can't say that there was anything I ate over the holidays that was like, oh yes, this was amazing. It was kind of just regular, nothing too special, which is kind of sad. I love I love eating. I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big food person. It's just I love so food. good. My waistline says I love food too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think I showed you the pictures. So Did we you? had two tables full of food, like six foot tables nice. full of food at our house. That is my we kind had, of eating. We had two turkeys and a holiday ham as like the main fixtures. And then uh, so much food, so much food. It was ridiculous you guys know how to eat that sounds great it was it was something else the best thing the best part about it though is like our so i come from a middle eastern family and uh so the turkey the ham the green bean casserole and the salad are as western it are like the western food items yeah and everything else is middle eastern flair and there you go it's like i mean we had the appetizers tabbouleh hummus oh there was shrimp yeah, but shrimp isn't eaten in a lot of different cultures. Yeah. Well, we had the we had the regular like cocktail shrimp, and then we had like the Middle Eastern way of cooking shrimp. Okay. At the like, it was lots of food. Yeah. And then, um, and then my parents invited people over like three days later, so there was even more food. And I think we just we just got the we just got the fridge empty. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ooh, well, I gotta be honest, man. I kind of want to get right into it. I kind of want to talk about Star Wars. Oh, you, you, you I want to jump in, dude. I just want to jump in. The water is nice, and I want to <laughs> dive right in. So, is the water nice? You know, I've heard that there's there's a there's a couple sharks in there right now. There's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things going through my mind here. So, Star Wars is in a very interesting place right now. I feel like we talk about Star Wars a lot on the After Sunday. We talk about it all the time. That's Which the thing. Is and this is this is the the apex. This it is might where, as well just be like our topic every week because we is, talk about Star Wars so. This much. is where we kind of if you go back to where we began the after Sunday discussion to where it is now. This is what it was. This is what it was all leading up to being able to talk about how the sequel trilogy has concluded, and not only has the sequel trilogy concluded, the Mandalorian is also a reality. The Mandalorian yes. is also over. At the the first well, the season is over. over yes. First season's over. So we have this picture of where Disney has taken Star Wars on television and where Disney has taken Star Wars in film. And I think it could be a very good discussion. This is not anything that we planned out ahead of time. We have had conversations about these things many, many, many times in our friendship and on this podcast. <laughs> so I look forward to having this conversation. Mainly because I have a lot of opinions. Most of them are probably contradictory 
to the typical YouTuber slash internet personality or whatever is going on out there. But anyway, this conversation is going to contain spoilers for everything Star Wars. So if you're waiting to see Rise of Skywalker or you haven't seen The Last Jedi or you're waiting to watch all of The Mandalorian or you still haven't watched Star Wars 1977, if you don't want any spoilers, go watch all that stuff and then come back to this point in the podcast. And, you know, while you're at it, this is a good time for us to remind you, if you want to see more of our podcast, head over to e43collective.com. That's e43collective.com. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. You can do that right now while you're listening. And go ahead and give us a review while you're thinking about it. Five stars are the only stars that matter. Five stars are what they like in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. (laughs) So if you could do that, I would much appreciate it. And I know Josh would much appreciate it. (laughs) Now let's continue on. And let's talk about Star Wars. Josh, what did you think of? I thought it was let's fun. It was great with the rise of Skywalker. What'd it you was think? fun. It was great. It was, you know, okay. the The one thing I'm going to say about it that surprised me was I didn't think going into the movie I'd buy into the redemption of Ben Ken- Ben Ben Solo. I didn't think I was going to buy into it. I thought it was. It was more satisfying than what I thought it was going to be like. Okay. So, yes. I think that was a highlight of it. Okay. I I liked it. I will say that I love... So, Disney planned the... Was it episode seven of The Mandalorian perfectly? Just to explain the whole healing thing. The force healing thing. There you go. Yeah. um, And make it canon before the movie came out. Which I thought was hilarious. Because it released on what? The episode released on Wednesday and the movie came out the next night. Yeah. Um, Which if you pay attention to Legends, um, it was in there a little bit. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. Because, like, if... That's the other thing I'll say. Is if you if you focused on the extended universe and you knew what was going on around the extended universe and what was going on in legends before Disney bought it, there was so much fan service in this movie that connected to all of that. And it was epic and I ate it all up and I loved every second of it. We'll get into a force healing conversation in, Uh in a few minutes. Okay. I do think though, how they set up force healing in the Mandalorian, and then how they answered how it works in the Rise of Skywalker, it's hard to make sense of it, and I yes. will tell you why. But anyway, you're talking about Baby Yoda, right? Yes, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Also, Baby Yoda took the internet by storm, and that is—they knew exactly what reaction Baby Yoda was gonna get. Way to go, way to go, Disney. That was a good move. That was a good move. I like I like the infant child Yoda being whatever we're calling that thing. We're all calling it baby Yoda, which is fine. But uh let's give that let's give that little creature a name so we can stop calling it baby Yoda. The child is what it's officially called. The child, okay. Yes. Now let's give let's give the child a name. But anyway, <laughs> my thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker is a piece of Swiss cheese. Okay? Okay. I like how Swiss cheese tastes. Okay. However, it's got a bunch of holes in it. Right. Right? Rise of Skywalker, It. I enjoyed it. Okay? I enjoyed the movie. I watched it. I was like, this is fun. This is Star Wars. There's holes all over the plot. There are so many things that you could nitpick at and say, mm-hmm. this is a problem, and this is a problem, and this is a problem. But at the end of the day... They made a movie that was pretty fun to watch. It was it was a movie that would be fun for the family to go see and in a good holiday film and it kind of it checked all of the boxes of a blockbuster. It is not going to check all of the boxes of Star Wars fans who feel like every movie has to be as good as the first Star Wars movie they saw. And that's going to be a problem going forward for all fans who want Star Wars to continue to satisfy them like it did when they were young, when they were not nitpicking the plot. Now, I will say this. Rise of Skywalker 
is a movie that even after we got out of the theater, Josh, I pointed out to you some things that I thought mm-hmm. were funky. But I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good reminder to people who might be disappointed or upset with the movie. Like, Disney wants to make Star Wars films that are entertaining, that are fun, and that have a production value to it that that is visually pleasing and impressive. And the story to them is not going to be as important as it is to you as a fan, right? I, I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to have a storyline that, first of all, The Rise of Skywalker, it was clear. Disney didn't like that fans hated The Last Jedi or that there was a big portion of fans that hated The Last Jedi because I don't think I don't think Disney really wanted to alienate people mm-hmm. with any of their Star Wars things. You know, even even with them defending The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson and all of that, Bob Iger is a successful CEO and they acquired Marvel and Lucasfilm because he knows how to run a business. Mm-hmm. He knows how to run an entertainment business. And it was pretty clear from how the rise of Skywalker turned out that he intervened and said, no, people, people can't feel like they're getting hated. You know right. what I'm saying? Cause alienating fans is never smart, but I would give it a solid like B, you know, mm-hmm. like if we're going to go on a, a scale of like a to F, um, I would definitely recommend going and seeing it. If, you know, if you haven't yet and you're still listening Most to this. Most people have, though. So. If you have, I think that, you, you know, you, hopefully you kind of are in alignment with Josh and I on this mm-hmm. one. That it was a fun movie to watch. Yeah. And it's, you know, people think that a variety of different things on it. And, like, some people are even going to the extreme that it ruins the Star Wars trilogy, the Star Wars universe or whatever. And I think that's a little extreme. But at the end of the day, it was it was a good movie. Yeah. It was a fun movie, and I will say I do I agree with the one critique that you told me earlier of it was the first two acts were too quick. Mm-hmm. It was just too fast paced. Mm-hmm. They needed to slow it down a little bit, maybe do another movie. <laughs> yeah, because it felt like the first two acts were a movie in and of itself, and the third act was something a little bit different. Yeah, but. I will say, and then the the missed opportunity that you you pointed out to me, where it was just like, they should have shown how Kylo Ren found out Palpatine was still alive. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because like that would have that I think that would have changed the tone of the movie, and they probably they might have actually filmed something like that. Mm -hmm. It just got lost in the cut Cut. floor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is like once the deleted scenes start getting released, there might be more. like I, I don't know, it it was a satisfying conclusion to a trilogy, and I think a lot of people are freaking out because they're in their thirties or their forties, and they're they're judging this as something that it's not. And the reality is, is that Star Wars, right now, from the prequels in the saga, were built for kids. It really is. I I'm sorry. I th- I. I think when you say kids there, though, yeah. I, I'm thinking more of in between the ages of, of like, 11 and 15. Yes. Like older kids. Right. Because this movie is is a movie that I wouldn't say... Like Star Wars is a captivating universe mm-hmm. for kids of all ages. Right. But the story, the storylines, I would say, especially because the newer of the sequel trilogy is all PG-13. Right. I would say that... Um, especially this one because there's some darker moments in the mm-hmm. final act. Probably geared more toward like a 10 right. to 15 year old. Yes. Which but, is fine. But I mean it's and that's the thing is like you go talk to a kid who went and saw that movie. It was the greatest movie they've ever seen yeah, in their entire and, lives. I mean we I, saw that when we were at the movie theaters. I bunched, yeah. bumped into the kids that I teach at, at Sunday school and, and the one kid was just like this movie's great, right? Yeah. And it's like it's like that's the audience that they're trying to captivate, yep. and they're also trying to make an entertaining movie for their parents. Yep. And that's, I think they they nailed the, the the they hit the nail on the head with that, and it was a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Made sense. Well, it kind of made sense. Uh, the whole Palpatine being around, if you didn't like, because he came back in Legends, mm-hmm. um, but they haven't really canonized that 
until this movie. So it's kind of yeah, yes. and, and I think that the thing that's that's important about Star Wars to, to like you're saying here. I remember, you know, I told you this. Mm-hmm. When I left Revenge of the Sith, I went to go see it with a really good friend of mine, a lifelong friend, and we saw this, I think, 7th or 8th grade when it came out in the movie theater. And I remember coming out of the movie theater, and I thought it was was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was not not a diehard Star Wars fan. I'm still not a diehard Star Wars fan. I like it. I enjoy it. I'll watch all the movies. I'll play the board games and the video games. I think the universe is very imaginative and very captivating. Um, but but this friend of mine is a big Star Wars fan. Walked out of Revenge of the Sith said it was the best movie he's ever seen in his life. Best movie he'd ever seen in his life. Now, in the prequel trilogy, I do think Revenge of the Sith is definitely the best one. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the prequel trilogy, probably the only one I would consider to be like a great movie. I think the other ones are I think Phantom Menace is decent. Attack of the Clones is decent mm. to bad. Uh, I know a lot of people think Phantom Menace is the worst one. I think Attack of the Clones is the defin- dialogue is the, Attack of the Clones is the worst one of the prequel trilogy, with Agreed. without a doubt because of the terrible script and acting. Um, at least in Phantom Menace, you have. You have Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor who cash in on pretty good performances. Right. Um, but anyway, and that is that is exactly what they're going for with Star Wars. Can you get those teenage boys and girls to walk away and be like, that was the best movie I saw all year? Mm-hmm. Or that's the best movie I've ever seen. Right. And a, you know, the quality test, the litmus test for what is great to a teenager or a older kid is way different than what's great to someone of our age, right? Mm -hmm. Late 20s, early 30s, 40s. It's different because we know, we know and we study what makes a good story and what good storytelling is. And the, the thing about it is I think Star Wars caught lightning in a bottle by being high production value and also having some pretty good storytelling in it mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. Right. Because if you watch any documentary on the making of Star Wars, there was a point where the original 1977 Star Wars was an absolute mess. Right. Like, there was a point in the, the editing process where the movie would have totally crashed, according to the people in the mm-hmm. documentary and stuff. So, you, you know, it's, it's hard to have it all. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's also, I mean... I think that's the other thing when it comes to time is like people yeah. it, it, people have more time to criticize. People yeah. have more time to nitpick. Yeah. And I think I mean the reality is is that it's fiction. Mm-hmm. It's all made up. It's all so, made up. I mean you could have anything you wanted. It's happen. a space fantasy. Exactly. So <laughs> why are why are we critiquing it as much as we are? I mean as a community I think people I think they're too critical on that mm-hmm. fact, and they're so. I mean, they kind of, uh, There is that proje- projection of this is what I thought it was going to be like, but it's not. Yep. And that might not. I mean, now I what know. I what I do think. Did I think it was the worst Star Wars movie ever? No. No. No way. It wasn't even the second worst movie ever, in my opinion. It, and it's so hard to rank them because. They're like all different, they all have kind of a different flair to each one. And, and I kind of rank Star Wars in like there's the tier, the ones that are great, and then there's the ones that aren't. Like right. that's how I that's how I rank the Star Wars movies because mm-hmm. they all have a really good production value. They're all impressive in their own way. Right. But give me a second. I gotta pee. Here's yeah. Me. Josh will be back here in a second. So I'm gonna talk to everyone here. Just on my own for a minute, kind of sharing some things about Star Wars. I think that that first of all, the the movies themselves are are all pretty good. The ones that that Disney have done have been all decent. They're all passable. And the question that we have to think about when we talk about these movies is: Is it worth going to to the theater to see these films? 
And I think they have been. I think they've been good movies to see in the theaters. And I think that those are the things that critics try to tell you and try and communicate is like, is this a movie that's worth spending $10 to go see or not? And I think even though there were mixed reviews for Rise of Skywalker, I think, yes, going and spending your $10 on a movie ticket to go see Rise of Skywalker is definitely something that was worth it if that's something you and your family enjoy. If you guys like big blockbuster movies with big set pieces and battles and explosions and adventure, Rise of Skywalker checks all the boxes. For the hardcore fans who are wanting this really satisfying story, this really well-told story that the original trilogy of films did, it is lacking. It's it's missing that. It's missing the characters who you really grow to love. And I think part of that is because the character development in the second film took a huge turn from what was set up in the first film and then tried to turn back the way it was going after the first film into the third film. So it feels kind of awkward. But what I want to talk about is from a fans standpoint or a non-fans standpoint would you want to see another movie that has any of these characters in it yes or no would you want to okay i'm back and i said i would say yes okay which characters ray okay poe dameron okay and the Poe Dameron's love interest with the mask. I don't know who she is. I just want to see more of her because yeah. she was cool. And I like, uh, I, I will, I, I'll say this. That's something I really liked about the movie was it added to the lore. It added to the universe. It, it put out a few things that they can then use to expand upon. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted I I think Daisy Ridley was great as Ray. That's my opinion. Okay, I I really liked the character. I liked the actor, uh, the actress and the acting. Poe Dameron, great, loved him. I don't know about Finn as much. Okay, just because I think they kind of botched his character. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think I think those are the and then the this this character that they add who supposed I mean it seems like she has a ridiculous backstory that would be pretty cool to kind of explore. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think they could do that. But that was that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, personally I I would like to see I would like to see a side story of of Poe. I think Poe was an interesting character. I think because I I don't I don't know if we'd ever see a movie where Ray was the central character. I just don't. Um because she was the central character of this trilogy and But she wasn't. I don't think I feel like this trilogy focused more on the original cast than it did this cast. I mean I, I think in a I think in a way they did that to try and get a wide array of audience members but i mean she was the main character of this of the it story. didn't feel like it though she had the most screen time i feel like she had the most screen time in every movie did she though yeah absolutely i feel like kylo ren got a ton of screen time mm, he's not really in the first one much he's not in the force awakens much he is not compared to, uh. to daisy ridley or ray ray as we should say because that's a fictional character in there. Anyway, I don't know. It's one could make the argument that Kylo Ren's the main character. I mean, you could make the argument that Darth Vader's the main character of the original trilogy Star Wars. No, yeah. I don't think so. Sure, you could, but no. he's not. No, you can't because he wasn't even in like he was getting bossed around by Moff Tarkin on in the original Star Wars. That's only because he decided to be bossed around. No, it's because the, never, never mind. Now we're gonna get into like the extended universe and the argument about that. All right. So anyway, let's let's think here. Let's think here. Let's talk about 
state of Star Wars in, in films. They've said no more trilogies, I believe, right? Mm, that's not necessarily true. Mm. So they're taking a hiatus from movies for the next three years. Okay. And then they said they're going to release a movie once every two years after that. Interesting. Yes. I think the two-year interval is is evidence that they're probably not going to do trilogies. So I think if you're going to do a trilogy and you're going to do... that's what they did with this trilogy. Right. And I think because of the two-year intervals, that's why it wasn't very good compared to what it could have been. I think if you did three-year intervals, you then have full production cycles for each of each of the films so you could keep a consistent director producer relationship for each film supposedly the reason why it it makes sense that they had a different director for each film was because once another film started pre-production the previous film was in post-production so it would have been really challenging to do film one then two however you could just do it you could do it you could do the lord of the rings route where you film it all continuously, right? So you do all the filming, mm-hmm. right? And then you take a short break after filming like one and a half or two movies. You do your post-production stuff. And then you try and get the cast back together to do shooting. It's it's a tough thing to do. But maybe with a hiatus, that we'll you could do that. But we'll I thought I heard they didn't want to do trilogies anymore well they canceled the next trilogy mm-hmm. but then they came back and they said because when they canceled the, the this next trilogy that they had already announced they had said no more movies period for the foreseeable future and they came back like two and a half weeks later and said uh, we're gonna take a three-year break so i feel like disney's trying to figure out what they want to do with it i think i think the mandalorian has influenced a lot of it um, just in the success of that. But we'll see. I'm interested to see what happens. Because mm-hmm. you know they're going to be using this new... Ray, Finn, Poe Dameron, they're all coming back. We all know that. They're going to be in movies. The, I mean, they might be in movies. Whether or not they focus on them as central characters, I, I think is up in the air. I don't know. It's up in the air. I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about the business side of Star yeah. Wars and how successful the toy sales are. Anything. I like will that. say, if they do an old a Knights of the Old Republic movie, I'll be all for that. I think that would be cool. That would be neat. I think another neat thing would be um, a kind of where Jedi Fallen Order takes place type okay. of story. Like focusing on Jedi who might not have died or who were scattered across the galaxy. Because, you know, it was a war. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that a couple lived, you know? Well, they've been pretty definitive in the comics on who lived and who died. Okay. I think there's only, outside of Kenobi and Yoda, there was only like one that survived through the Empire. Okay. Oh, and I think that the Obi-Wan show will be be a good... They also need to do a Knights of Ren. They need to get them somewhere, because that is... <laughs> <laughs> that the was Knights, so disappointing! The Knights of Ren, they, they are pretty useless. They were... Because uh, they said they're going to be showcased in this movie, and then they just were like... Yeah. They were there for like, what, 15 minutes, and that was it? I mean, in a way, they were showcased, but they were showcased in basically showcasing how much better Kylo Ren was than the rest of them. <laughs> that was the showcase. <laughs> oh. So, yes. I will say, though, the switching over from movies to TV, I, I'm the Mandalorian was phenomenal in my opinion and it makes me even more excited for the Kenobi show that's mm-hmm. coming in the Mandalorian I think does what adult Star Wars fans are looking for right. the Mandalorian I think from a TV series perspective not even from a TV series perspective but people who just enjoy good stories 
The Mandalorian had had good character building. It had good story arcs from show to show. It connected it all and made it make sense yep. by the end Put of the series. Put a nice bow on the top, bow on the end. Yep, and, and it had a good it had a good amount of fan service to fans of of the old things. Like, it, you know, kind of one. You know, we always wonder what what would conversation between stormtroopers be like, right. and they answer that a couple <laughs> times throughout the series. Let me see. It. Let me just in. <laughs> There's that was a great that that episode eight conversation between the two scout troopers on the speeders. With I was I that was and then how they can't hit the they can't hit the thing on the the ground from like point blank range. It was it was great. It was it was one of those things where it's where it's so evident and so clear that the team behind the Mandalorian had a really good understanding of where a star wars because star fan wars would really fans. like that's would like... really like star wars to go and i think that's another big thing in its favor it's set in that original trilogy universe which the aesthetic of the original trilogy universe is automatically going to make certain people like it more yeah. it just is and because it's it triggers people's nostalgia and it makes people think about like oh yeah this is what it was like when I was watching it as a kid. And, and what The Mandalorian did was not just try and capitalize on the cash cow that Star Wars is, but also show you a side of the Star Wars universe you probably haven't seen before. Maybe you've thought of, but we haven't seen as much of it on screen. You know, a little bit in the cartoons, but, you know, right. this is this is a, a big show for a huge audience. And I thought that the show was really, really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought eight episodes was the perfect length for a season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm excited for season two. I think it's a show that, that even if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, there there's a lot to be enjoyed there because it's just a well-done mm-hmm. right. story. I mean, it's a well-done storyline. It's It feels like a Western. It's definitely influenced by... You know the Man with No Name series, and yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I think that the Mandalorian is what kind of keeps the old Star Wars yeah. fans like, okay, I haven't totally lost faith <laughs> in Star Wars, and yes. and so my favorite is the um, there's a meme that I saw the other day about it where it's uh, John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's standing in front of uh, in front of um, what's his name, Ryan Johnson and J.J. Um, Abrams. Yeah, and he's pointing at the poster for the Mandalorian, and he just goes, "This is the way." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I saw it. I I, I thought it was hilarious, but no, I mean, funny. It's I think. I think the Mandalorian has confirmed that Star Wars could be used at a TV medium well. Yeah. Outside of animation, which is why I think Kenobi's going to be really, really good. I don't know what they're going to do after that. Um, but like they've already announced that uh, they're talking about doing a sequel to the Rebels series, mm-hmm. um, which was also a, a phenomenal series. I thought it was really, really good. Um but that would take place more in like the unknown regions of of the uni- of the galaxy. Yeah. Um which might explain what's going on with the whole Palpatine thing from Rise of Skywalker and like they do a really good job of being like I think you're going to see an explosion of new content coming out of Star Wars over the next 5 years and it's going to try to connect the new trilogy with what's already been done. And flesh out those plot holes that you said were in Rise of Skywalker and fill those in. Yeah. So. But, I mean, fleshing something out and retroactively answering questions isn't doesn't necessarily make the Episode Nine a better film. But I do think, and I told you this, going back to Episode Nine for a second, I do think that if you maybe extended the film out another year really took your Mm -hmm. time with it 
And I understand, you know, you got contracts, you got all that right. stuff. Really took your time with it and said, you know, we really have to make this a great movie. I think you would have had a, a pretty darn good film. Um, and I'm not saying that it's, it's, I'm not saying that it's bad, mm-hmm. but it's decent. But I'm thinking maybe you would have been, been able to achieve the level of, no. of greatness. I don't think Rise of Skywalker is in that tier of great Star Wars mm-hmm. films. Uh, that actually, to me, is a small selection of films, t- mm-hmm. to be honest right. with you. Like, I think Empire Strikes Back is up there. I think... Rogue One. Uh, you know, I, 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 I gotta be honest. I'm just biased. I gotta put all three of the originals up there because they're just so iconic to me. And and I'll I'll identify. That's probably mostly nostalgia from being a, a kid. Uh, Rogue One's up there. Revenge of the Sith's up there. And that's it. You know, okay. I mean... That's, but at the same time, like that's five, right? That's five out of ten movies. Right. It's not bad. No, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty five good. Five out of nine. No, no, ten because solo. <laughs> yeah, solo. Eleven movies because of solo. Oh yeah, it's eleven movies. <laughs> but that's not bad, you know. No. Yeah. So, oh, oh, Star Wars. And TFA is kind of like floating in between. In between tiers, there, like it's, it's in some days, it's out the other. Yeah. Know. Oh, fun. If if it had more, if it had more of an original plot line, I would have probably definitely put it up there because I actually thought from a pacing and filmmaking and storytelling point of view that that Force Awakens is just like the original Star Wars, like a really steadily paced movie very easy well, to watch easy to really follow really frustrated me about this trilogy was that it it was a carbon copy of the original in every movie yeah i mean yeah. honestly and it's well they took they all took elements from the original trilogy i think that rise of skywalker borrowed from both empire strikes back and return of right. the jedi i don't know it's, yes i if they would have taken the trilogy and made it its own thing and not tried to follow the same plot lines like they did before, I think it would have been better. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, Star Wars. Last thing on Star Wars here. Oh, no. This is a little off topic of the movies, but have you finished Fallen Order, the video game? No. No? <laughs> I dropped out. You fell I, off the Fallen Order? Oh, I need to... Well, so Fallen Order came out, and then New Modern Warfare came out, and then what, what was the other one that took a ton of time out? Picked up Ace Combat. Anyway, so <laughs> so I was playing Fallen Order. Yeah. And it was fun. It was very, um, what's the, Dark Souls. It felt a lot mm-hmm. like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was, and then when Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out, you got into it and you sucked me into it. Mm-hmm. And then I got really deep into that. You got deep? I got I got super deep into that. Um, I stopped playing because every time I went to play, it had an update. I'm like, come on. Well, the d- updates have slowed down, so you should get back on it and play with me, please, because okay. I need friends to play with. Okay. Um, so I play, I've been playing that a lot and having a lot of fun with it. And then... And I know a lot of people are going to bash me because it's another Call of Duty game and whatever. But I, I enjoy it. Um, so I've been playing that. And I'm trying to remember. What was the other game that I was playing? Oh, my goodness. There was another game that took me away from Modern Warfare. Fallen Order. No, it wasn't Fallen Order. Took you away from Modern Warfare. No, Modern Warfare took me away from Fallen Order. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but then... So they just had a sale and Ace Combat was on sale and I am a sucker for any Ace Combat games. I've played every single one since the original when it was Air Combat on the PS1. So I've been just, that has been... Fighter jetting it up. Yep. There you go. That's been taking up a ton of my time and it is fabulous. And that is a great series. If you've never played it, it's a ton of fun. It's kind of like a simulator arcade game all in one. And it's this this last one that they came out with. It's really, I, I think, like the, the difficulties there where it's like if you've played every single one, 
you find it still somewhat difficult. And mm-hmm. the online matchmaking is because they do team death match in battle royale and it's it's there's a steep learning curve because it's like oh, i think i'm good at this game and then you get online and you're like nope not at all <laughs> nope well back to single player well no that's the thing that it's because everything transfers from your single player to your like what you unlock in single player you play with multiplayer what you unlock in multiplayer you can play in single player uh-huh. and uh and multiplayer is the easiest way to unlock things so it's like I was playing the single player campaign. I'm going, this is a lot harder than it should be. And it might be because I haven't unlocked anything because it's so hard to unlock things with the campaign. Okay. So I jumped over to multiplayer and it's like, I don't care if I suck. <laughs> I'm still reaping the benefits of Just playing multiplayer. I'll take okay. the credits. I'll buy what I want and then jump in the campaign and play it with like the best planes you can yeah. because it's just fun that way. So, Yes. Yeah, recently I've been really into all things Jurassic Park, kind of just going through a phase right now. I ended up picking up on sale, it was $8.99, the Jurassic World Evolution video game. You build your own park dinosaur theme park. It's fun. It's it's good. If if anybody likes video games, if you ever like the old like roller coaster tycoon games, and you've wanted to play a game where you do a similar thing, but with dinosaurs, it kind of scratches the itch pretty well. Started playing that, and didn't they do an expansion of Zoo Tycoon where you could build dinosaurs? They could have. I'm pretty I don't sure know. it was the original Zoo Tycoon, though. I think Tycoon games in general, like the new ones they have out, um, they're now called Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster. Uh, seem to be really, really good games. I've played a little bit of Planet Coaster. But Planet Zoo is still, it's too new for me to get into. I typically buy games on sale, guys, <laughs> uh, just just so you know. But it um, seemed to be really good, but I've been real into all things Jurassic Park. You jumped into City Skylines for a little bit. Oh, that is going to be, that's going to be interwoven within my, within my gaming sessions when I, when I sit down to play a game. Okay. Because... Uh, I just like everything that that game offers and what you can do with it. But anyway, got into got into the game, got Haas to watch all the movies with me, and then listen to the audio book at work. And this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say about Jurassic Park, the whole series, is that the theme of the series is so spot on to what we're going through in the real world, but not with genetic technology, but with robotic technology. And genetic technology, though. I, I think people are more apprehensive with genetic talking technology. About the, since CRISPR came out, people are just going crazy in Asia. It's like really? Mad, like they just... Um, they just some some scientists in China already genetically modified an embryo that's going to be born in like the next six months. Oh, geez, that's yes. terrifying. <laughs> well, out in out on the eastern side of the world, I guess maybe they're less afraid, but here in the West, I still think people are yeah. are very hesitant to mess with genetic technology. And the main character who who kind of drives the theme of Jurassic Park home is Ian Malcolm, who always asks the question, you knew that you could, but you never asked if you should. And it's funny because Ian Malcolm is a chaos theory guy, totally believes in evolution, totally believes in, um, you know, a Darwinian system of the world. But what a powerful theme of you need to ask whether or not you should. And I'm not like I'm not trying to like scare people into a, a way of thinking, but with technology as it grows, as it expands, as we are doing so much expansion of technology and probably not nearly as much testing of it as we should be, especially with robotics and automation and things we're putting inside our homes that we talk to. You know, we we should be asking ourselves, like, should we buy this? Should we make this? Should we own this? Should this exist? And should I click agree on the terms and conditions? Right. 
And, and I think it, it's a good theme, like as you live your day-to-day life, um, to think about. Like, absolutely, it is convenient to have all these technologies. But do I need them? Should I have them? Is it smart? Could these eventually be spying on me? Could this get hacked and someone steal everything that I own? Yeah, I mean, you, it's possible with some of this stuff. And uh, just really, I just, I think that the theme of Jurassic Park, even though it's with dinosaurs and totally ridiculous, that... I think that's why it works, though. Yeah. Because it's like, here's an extreme. It's an, an extreme, and you see the destruction. Right. You see it's like the Terminator series, giant, Skynet. Yeah, <laughs> giant monsters just just destroying people, right? Right. Like, oh. like it's it's so funny to me how in Jurassic World they decided to breed try a, it again, <laughs> breed a T Rex with the dinosaur they know is the most intelligent dinosaur. <laughs> it's like. It's like, wait a minute. In 1993, there was this incident on Isla Nublar. <laughs> let's try this again, but bigger. Right. <laughs> bigger and smarter. Right. And let's let it camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, can we just talk about... That is like a plot point that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because it's like, okay, you're going to let it camouflage. But people are there to see it. So if it's camouflage... <laughs> It's going to be harder to spot. Like, wouldn't you want it to be like neon so everybody can go, hey, there it is, right? Well, I think the camouflage was a side effect to making it scary in the way it was. It was a side effect that it had certain genes in it that it was like, oh, dang it. It got the camouflage from from the, the chameleon genes we put in there. But it's like, how many times have you gone to a zoo and you're just like, where's the animal in this exhibit? I can't find it anywhere. It's yeah. like, if you're making a dinosaur exhibit and there's a dinosaur in it, you'd want it to be like stand out. So it's like, oh, there it is. That's cool. Yeah. And scary. And is this glass safe? <laughs> Jurassic World was, because it's like, well, it didn't work the first time. Maybe second time's the charm. And it was just like, uh... Everything was going great at Jurassic World till they made that Indominus Rex. <laughs> right? Right. It was all going good. Like, and the then, kids were getting bored with it. Right. That's how good it was going. Yeah, not to mention that it cost probably like 100 k to go to. Could but. you imagine how much it would cost to go to Jurassic World? Also, I watched the Legal Eagle video on <laughs> Jurassic Park after your recommendation. <laughs> This is a man who says he he didn't spare any expense, but the reality is he probably did. (laughs) For example, why didn't he have automatic open open gates? Why does a person need to open the gate? (laughs) Oh, okay. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's a channel on YouTube called Legal Eagle. Where it's a lawyer, and he talks about how everything's illegal, essentially. Yeah. And he'll break down movies and just talk about... Ruins like, your favorite movies of your childhood. So, like, The Dark Knight is one of my favorite videos from him, because apparently Batman goes to jail longer than the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And it's just like... So, yes. But then he also does explain, like, legal things that are kind of good to know. Yeah. Um... So, and my sister's currently in law school, so it's great to, like, hey, watch this video. Now I got to study. Watch this video. It might help you. (laughs) It is, it is, what I did learn, though, was, was the results of Dennis Nedry's, Mm -hmm. like, actual crime. So, because of his conspiracy, because of him being a bad actor, I mean, he is responsible for all the deaths at Jurassic Park. And And the company that hired him. Is responsible for the deaths yep. at Jurassic Park. Yep, uh, which, potentially, which would be biosin for anyone who is yes. not familiar with Jurassic yes. Park. Anyway, war. yes. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to Jurassic World three. If um, it ever gets made, oh, it was confirmed 2021. Oh. It's coming out. Uh, yeah, I think they just revealed it a couple weeks ago. Okay. Colin Trevorrow is coming back. Yes, to direct nice. it. Um, even though I thought Fallen Kingdom was a better movie than the critics did, I still think Trevorrow's Jurassic World was was a 
was a really good reboot yes. of the series. So, ooh, that makes me excited now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm excited about the premise of like dinosaurs being on the loose now. They're they're on the loose, baby. They are in the real world. Oh. No longer on islands off the coast of Costa Rica. Dude, that would be So what do you think what approach do you think they're going to have? Is it going to be a we need to kill all of these or catch all of these? Because they can't just let them roam free. Because, I mean, you got a velociraptor around Vegas. Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's it's going to be interesting because from a logistical standpoint, like if you saw Fallen Kingdom, there's not that many dinosaurs. No. There's not that many dinosaurs. So, you could use thermal detection and kill those things. But aren't they cold-blooded? Well, how did they track them on the island? They had chips in them. Mm -hmm. They had chips in them. So I don't think these had chips in them. They're the ones from the island, though. Are they? All the computer systems on the island, so they can't yeah. use it. <clears throat> anyway, I don't know. It's, they all went into that forest, and they're all in the woods. The question is... But that last scene with Blue. question is um, breeding. So what's like the gestation period for dinosaurs? Obviously, they're all female, but we know they're... No, no, no. The original we, Jurassic Park showed that they right? can change genders. They're, they're going to find a way to you know, breed, mm -hmm. right? We all know that's probably going to be what happens. So the question is, is it going to be a time jump? Like a few years into the future? Like what do they do? Is this something that they tried to keep like under wraps? Although there was a Tyrannosaurus Rex in in the zoo, at the end of the movie. Oh, it's true. You know, I think the tough one's gonna be that big old uh, alligator thing eating people surfing. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Mosasaurus. <laughs> it's gonna be a toughie. What are you gonna do with that thing? I don't know. Just torpedo it. I don't know. That probably kill it. The thing would probably eat a submarine if it wanted to. It definitely big. could eat a submarine. <laughs> that thing is gigantic. I don't think it would. I feel really bad for the girl, the assistant girl, yeah. who was eaten by that in the first one. She didn't have to die like that. Uh, she just didn't want to be watching those kids. Come on. You had to make she was her, a little self. You had to make her die like that. Jeez. That was brutal. That was yeah. brutal. Yeah. They could have made like a like a, a bad guy die like that. Yeah. I don't know, but do you think the doc... What's his name? Dr. Wu? Yeah. Do I think he's dead? Well, he's not dead. You don't think so? No. It's a good question. I think he might be dead. I don't think so. You think they're bringing him back? I think so. If we were going based off the books here, he dies in Jurassic Park, the book. I know that. <laughs> which is... Um, it's kind of interesting, because you actually kind of sympathize for Dr. Wu in the books quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, he just he just wanted to he just wanted to make great fake dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. The ones the woo in the movies is a lot more sinister. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely more of a bad guy. He's like the ultimate he's like the archetype of the bad guy yeah. in the Yeah, anyway. Yeah, he's definitely the bad he's definitely <laughs> the bad guy. He's he's the Dr. Frankenstein of the film. Right. Right. Which anyway. which even with that, though, like the Dr. Frankenstein comparison works really well because he thinks he's doing something good and innovative where, you know, doc, the Dr. Wu is the sim symbol of a, of a modern scientist, right? Mm -hmm. Doing it for advancement purposes, not asking whether or not you should. Right. Yes. But, dude, we're at 54 minutes. Nice. And we've only talked about Star Wars and, and Jurassic. Jurassic Park. But, and video games. And video games. But, I, I mean, maybe we should just kind of start wrapping it up here because uh -huh. I know I'm getting a little tired, man. It is 11.54 p.m. It's a Saturday night, but still, man, holy cow, I'm yeah. feeling it. I am feeling it. I was up early today, so it was fun. <sighs> but do you have any final closing thoughts before we wrap up? ASD number one of 2020. There's 2020 so much we could have talked about. Hmm? 
There's so much we could have talked about. There's so much. It's 2020 it's after I know. all. I wish my vision was 2020. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. <laughs> you ever watch uh, Friday Night Lights? <laughs> no. It's a pretty good show. Okay, can we talk about 2020 really quick, though? Just because, like, you know how everybody's just like, the 20s are going to be better than the teens, right? Mm-hmm. And That's what they said after World War One. Yeah. <laughs> 20s were pretty good for about eight solid years. Then uh, it lasted like three days this round. Then, ni- <laughs> then 1929 came Black it's Tuesday. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm just messing around. I it's it's interesting because I mean the past three days has just been insane, and it's just like we'll see what happens. It's gonna be an interesting year. Yeah, I honestly, guys, don't take your don't take your knowledge of whether or not a world war is going to happen <laughs> based on Twitter hashtags. Or the news. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, just, man. it's so... That was funny. That was a nice little, that was a nice little jab right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, oh. everybody. That was just really funny to me. <laughs> But it's been an interesting week. If um, if anything, if there's some war that breaks out, it's most likely not going to turn into a world war. Right. I will say the meme game is awesome right now. And it's <laughs> the memes that I've seen over the past two weeks have made me laugh more than the memes I've seen all year. So I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hey. With the new with the whole new it's year thing. Only a couple the, days into the year. I know, it's gonna be a great year. It's going to be a good one. It's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. 2020. Maybe they'll restart the sh- television program 2020 <laughs> in 2020. That's who they should have had announced the, with the ball drop. Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters. Yep. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. Wow, <laughs> what a missed opportunity. Instead of Ryan Seacrest and the rest of those. Come on. That would have been great. What were you guys <laughs> thinking? I'm Can Barbara you- Walters. This is 2020. Can you imagine ball drops and then the screen just kicks over? <laughs> oh man, it would have been that would have been bomb, man. Uh, Whatever happened? Is she still alive? I think so. Yeah. Really? I don't know. She has to be what ninety something now. Ninety something? Was she that old doing 2020? She. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. That would sound mean. <laughs> Oh, oh man, I'm trying to Google search it right now, and I I forgot to type in Walters. You just typed in Barbara. Barbara, we got the first name done. Barbara Walters. She is 90 years old. Is she really? Yeah. Good for her. Yes. Good for her. Maybe that's why she couldn't do it. Man, how many wow. times has she been married? Uh, wow. 90 years old, Barbara Walters, you had a great career, by the way. My mom loved 2020. Yeah? Yeah, she did. She really did. I watched it. It was on from 1979 to 2004. I knew she was on The View for a time. I knew it. She'd been married a couple times. In fact, she married one person a couple times. (laughs) Merv Adelson, he got two shots. Uh, unfortunately, divorced twice as well. Man. And then from 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 Merv Adelson on, she just decided no more marriages, no more marriages for Barbara, oh. Barbara Walters. Well, that was a missed opportunity. <coughs> However, she's ninety and probably not necessarily wanting to you know, do the ball midnight. drop on twenty twenty. She could have pre-recorded it. That's true. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's possible. But anyway, hey, man, let's wrap this up. Right. Let's, uh, let's tell everybody good night. Happy 2020, everybody. We good hope night you... if it's night. Good morning if it's morning. Yep. We hope that you have a fantastic year. This is going to be a good one, I think. I know we're excited here at the E43 Collective to begin uh this year to kind of go deep into some projects that we want to do. I know for me personally, I'm done with grad school now and I'm working on some personal things that I'm really excited about and I'll share about on this podcast and, and stuff, some things that are going on here. 
But uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, uh, please uh, take an opportunity, head over to e43collective.com, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. We kind of went over that stuff earlier, but just reminding you one last time. But as we sign off here, I'm Cody Haggard, and with me as always is Josh Bosey, and we are saying have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Bye-bye.